You are listening to Unified Through Chronic and Mental Illness with your hosts, Angie Roberts and Kimberly Murphy. Please be advised that some of the topics of this podcast can be triggering and sensitive in nature. Hey y'all, welcome to Unified. My name is Angie Roberts. In this episode, we will be defining chronic and mental illness, telling you a little bit about ourselves and about the upcoming season. So I really feel like there's a really big separation in labels and a stigma in the world between chronic and mental illness, Kimberly. What do you think? I agree. And I think the largest issue, of course, is that uh, the general population does not recognize the fact that mental illness is a medical problem like chronic illness. You know, chronic illness encompasses like lupus, fibromyalgia, autoimmune diseases, uh, you know, those generally accepted uh, illnesses that people hear about. But when they talk about mental illness, they don't see that the same. You know, it's like, well, I don't see that as a chronic illness. You know, that's completely different. And really, it's not. It's it's a medical problem that needs to be treated with medication and lifestyle changes, whether that be therapy or whatever, just like chronic illness. But we're kind of doing it to ourselves, too, because if you look at social media, okay, you have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Those are the, the bigger ones. And they will use hashtags so that they can find each other. So the chronic illness community is usually, like I said before, you know, the big ones are like lupus and fibromyalgia and MS and and things like that. So, but then you've got the mental illness, uh, mental health, mental health awareness, mental health warriors. Those hashtags are for people who are struggling with mental illness. And I know, I understand why they do it because... If you just label everything chronic illness, it's kind of hard to find, you know, your people, the people that understand what you are going through. But it contributes to the issue. I totally agree. Even the DSM-5, when it defines mental illness, it says it is a syndrome characterized by clinical significant disturbance in an individual's cognition, emotion regulation, or behavior that reflects a dysfunction in psychological, biological, or developmental process underlying mental functioning. Which is like blah, blah, blah to me, but... (laughs) Right, but so, but it it does, it pretty much says the thinking, your emotional regulation, your behavior, and biological. So, you know, there can be certain things in our body that have been triggered yeah like the neurotransmitters or serotonin levels or dopamine you know there's all these different reasons that people can have mental illness and i I still feel like they're not giving it enough medical recognition like what is what is the definition for chronic illness for example well the cdc defines chronic illness as a condition that lasts one year or more and requires ongoing medical attention or limits activities of daily living or both. Which could also define mental illness. It definitely defines mental illness. Right. So there you go. I don't know why they do it like that, but um, but they do. And it would help. I just feel like it would help um, 
society as a whole see mental illness as more more normal you know mm-hmm. if if more they accepted, saw it yeah. as a chronic illness also yeah because if i if i tell people hey um i haven't been feeling well for a couple years i'm really like feeling tired and i don't want to do stuff and my friends are starting to get upset because um i'm not going out and you know, maybe I'm not eating as much because I feel sick and like it gets worse and worse. And then all of a sudden the doctor says, hey, uh, I got bad news for you. You have lupus. And then I tell everybody and they say, oh, oh, my gosh, that's horrible. I feel so bad that you have lupus. And what do you have to do to make that, you know, to manage that? And but if I have the same symptoms, you know, where I'm tired all the time and I don't want to go out and I don't want to participate in things that I normally do. And this, you know, I'm not feeling well. And I tell everybody I'm not feeling well. And then I come back and I say, oh, well, the doctor said I have bad news for you. Well, you have chronic depression. Everybody's like, well, snap out of it. Right. Do yoga. <laughs> do, do some meditation. Meditate, <laughs> you know, like seriously. And, and that's a problem. That's a problem that we, as a community, need to overcome. I definitely agree. I mean, what what has it been like for you in your life? Like, how how has it changed, you know, you as a person? I used to be so outgoing. I played softball. I did a lot of things out in the community. I was a CNA. And when I got really bad into, I was born with fibromyalgia. So by the time I ended up 30... I was really, I, you know, I've been really bad. I'm 40 now. And so mm-hmm. it kind of just, it feels like it kind of just progresses. I have degenerative disc disease also and some arthritis. So all of that together uh, made it where I couldn't. It was hard for me to, you know, go play ball, to exercise, to do anything. And then I ended up with depression and anxiety and then that made me just not care if I went and played ball or, you know what right. I mean, or did the yeah. things that I wanted to do. And so now I'm, you know, I, here I am 40 and I'm a single mom. My son just turned three today. And so, yay, 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 yeah. <laughs> yay and cry all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a, that's a whole nother segment. <laughs> mm-hmm, it sure is. Uh, but, you know, I'm trying to, you know, figure out how I can have energy and how I can keep up with him, you know, and it's, it's really, really hard. Yeah, I imagine that it is uh, because, you know, fibromyalgia really does take a lot out of you. It's the same for me with lupus where before I was diagnosed, I was really active too. I was I was doing spin classes and I was doing kickboxing and I was weightlifting and I was hiking and and then when the joint pain started, I knew something was really wrong and I started to get sicker and sicker and it's funny because I was like, well, I'm not feeling good so I'm going to push harder. And unfortunately, everything that I was doing was making my illness worse because it was raising the inflammation levels, which, you know, makes lupus uh, really bad. So by the time I got to the doctor, I was really sick. And um, it was, it was hard for me because I started losing people 
they were like, well, we're going to go do this and you can't do that anymore. So we'll see you around. And, you know, you can't expect people not to, but it also kind of hurts right. because not only are you losing your favorite activities, you're losing the people that you were doing them with. So, uh, you know, that's part of it. And then you get the chronic, I got chronic depression. I was really low to the point where I didn't see any value in life, which was hard. Um, that's a whole nother segment too. <laughs> and <laughs> uh -huh. yeah, it was hard. And, but I was, I was able to tell the doctor, she was really great with me. And, and I think that really helps if you have a doctor that you trust. But she asked me, she came right out and asked me, you know, are you feeling this way? And I said, yes. And uh, she basically saved my life. She said, listen, if you're willing to work with me and give me some time, I'm willing to work with you and we'll make this, we'll figure this out together. And for once I felt heard. And so that's what started my whole medical treatment. Yes, and feeling heard is great. That's the most important, you know, like, especially for mental illness. Later, I was actually diagnosed. They thought I had chronic depression, but later I was actually diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder. Again, by a, a fabulous doctor who takes the time to listen. And had he not, he probably would have missed it. But back to what we were talking about, it's really hard when your life changes and, and you have these illnesses. And so you start telling people and... I'm telling you now, like, lupus was easy. People felt sorry for me. I got so much sympathy. But the only thing they didn't understand is that you're not going to get better. Like, when get well, get well. And, you know, you might improve a little bit, but you're never going to not have lupus. So, But then when I say, when I say bipolar, <laughs> oh, my God, it's completely different. Like, people give you the side look, and they're kind of like, really? How did that happen? Like you did something to get, you know, to get it or, or like you're contagious. Like they're kind of take a step back and, <laughs> you know, <Right>. like, <laughs> and you know, they're judging you, you know, they're thinking like, oh, I better watch out for her because she's bipolar. Cause it's used a lot in derogatory ways. And like, like if somebody's acting a certain way, they're like, oh, you're bipolar. You're being bipolar. Yeah. It's kind of like the word crazy. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's used a lot too. Mm-hmm. Did you have that experience, too, though, in, with mental illness, with, with the people that you shared it with? Were they kind of, like, standoffish after that, or...? I did, with, um, especially with people that didn't understand it. You know, the people that around me that had had it or understood it, they were kind of relieved to have somebody around to talk to about it. And then people that didn't understand it, though, they were just kind of like, oh, okay, and then you kind of never hear from them again. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. you know, and it's, and it, it, honestly, that just makes it worse. But, you know, <laughs> it just, it makes you very depressed. Yeah, isolation is the worst thing. It, right. We do it enough to ourselves. I agree. You know what I mean? We do it enough to ourselves, and it's really important to have somebody that's actually going to reach out to you when you're, when you're uh, having a difficult time during your illness and maybe you're having a depressive episode or you're depressed, you need somebody who's going to look out for you and reach out for you. And if people are leaving, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of isolation. So finding that support is really important. I agree. It's, it can be really hard to, to find the support, but once you find your group, it's really good. And speaking of support, just 
to throw it out there that Kimberly and I met in a chronic illness support group. We've been friends for about seven years, and I'm so, so glad that, that we met. Me too. We <laughs> we belong to this great group of women. We support each other, and online, I have I don't know what I would do if I didn't have Facebook at the time. And I wish I found it sooner. I wish I found the support group sooner. Right. But nowadays, like, th- there's so much out there. The hashtags are working. So that's a, the good part of it, that they can find each other. We do need each other. I mean, people need each other anyways. We're social creatures. We need each other. you got to find your tribe. And once you find those people that are going to look out for you, things do get a lot better. So for those of you who are shy, who are isolating, you know, just ask one person. Just find one person. And then it'll grow from there. The worst thing for us in chronic illness or mental illness is to be alone. That's the worst thing for us. We don't want to do that. So It really is. Talking to the first person is the hardest, too. It takes a lot of strength and courage to reach out and get help or ask someone for help. We really hope Unified becomes a place where people will know that they are not alone. We want you to be able to learn something new, and we want you to be able to share these with your friends and family that may not understand mental illness or chronic illness or whatever we may be talking about at that time. We want to create a supportive community that we can pay it forward after having such supportive people lead the way when we were first diagnosed. And we hope you find the season entertaining, and I hope you enjoy the season. Yeah, we are really excited. We have some really special guests planned for this season. And to be honest, the support has been unexpected and amazing. We have several chronic and mental illness advocates who are very active in their respective communities, but we'll also be covering DBT, CBT, and other therapies. We will have special episodes where we discuss things like narcissistic abuse and domestic violence, but we also have a motivator who empowers people who are leaving toxic relationships because we do like to keep things positive. And if all that wasn't enough, we also have a special episode planned for October with Jenna and Nikki from Paranormal Live. That's going to be fun. That's going to be great. I'm going to love it. It's just going to be a fun episode. We also want to introduce our launch party. All of the details will be on our Facebook page, but basically the person who likes, shares, comments, retweets, tags, and all that good stuff in the next two weeks will be announced the winner for some unified swag. So definitely be a part of that. Sounds fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. We would like to end every episode with a mantra. And this week's mantra is, life is a blank canvas. You are in control of what the finished product could look like. Thank you guys so much for listening. And don't forget, we're stronger together. That's right. And everybody stay safe. See you next time. Unified through chronic and mental illness can be found at anchor.fm slash unified. There you can find all social media links as well as other ways to listen.